career was going to be over at that point because at that point where someone says you might not play again I was sort of thinking what's the point in me even going through all of this um and and it was really tough to sort of get my head around at first I go out every week and and feel as if that's a once in a lifetime opportunity really yeah and it sounds a bit sort of like cringy and whatever but that's how it actually feels is I always think you, I won't be doing this for for the whole of my life, but while I'm doing it, I just I'm gonna absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really helps me in my in my game and my performances. That probably people who watch can see I'm enjoying myself, um, which I think is a massive thing. That I think maybe when players aren't doing too well in their career, they won't enjoy the football as much, and and that really does affect them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I say, I absolutely love it every week going out and uh, and playing for the for the team I support. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Juddy Talks the Podcast. This week we're joined by Tom McIntyre, current player at Reading FC and a future star for the Scotland national team. Tom, how are we mate? Yeah, good thanks mate, yeah, all good. Excited to be on. Excited good mate, to be on. glad to have you on mate. It's been a while, we've tried to get it sorted for a while but um, no, I'm glad we finally got around to it mate. Um, how was your day today mate? Yeah, it was good to be fair, yeah, got stitched up at football. Um, but no, it was a good day. I've seen that, mate. See, to be fair, I like the new car, mate. It's looking good. Thank you, mate. No, I appreciate that. I got I was getting a lot of stick for it, but I uh, I take that as they like me. Um, because if they didn't like me, they wouldn't take the piss, I don't think. So. Yeah, of course, mate. <laughs> yeah. Nah, the, motor, the motor's a belter, mate. Um, no, nah, really good, mate. So it's cracking. It's cracking. Right, let's just straight into the icebreaker question, Tom. Um, if you hosted a dinner party and could have any three guests to invite, who would you invite and why? Right, I'd go with Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um, I just think he's good crack. Like, yeah. it'd be a good laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, good personality. Mm-hmm. Then I'd go with Drake because he's my favourite rapper. Yeah. Um, I the think new, he's the go- he's the goat. The new uh, tunes uh, are good, aren't they? Oh, they're so good. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of Drake. Um, and then third one, I'd like to maybe go someone kind of a bit sort of someone from history. You got someone like someone like Nelson Mandela. I'd yeah. go Nelson Mandela. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether McGregor and Mandela would get on, but uh, yeah. I think he'd be really interested to talk to. And uh, he's obviously done so much. So no, I think they'd be my three. Yeah. No, no, definitely good table, mate. Good table. Um, yeah. You know, let's move into, into lockdown, mate. Um, we're kind of hopefully coming into the, the end of lockdown now. Um, hopefully, when this podcast is out, hopefully. We're actually maybe a few weeks away uh, from coming out of lockdown, which would be good. But how's lockdown been for you, mate? One, your personal life, but as a professional as well, um, what's that been like? Yeah, it was it was really tough at first, obviously, when the football stopped and, and training stopped. I, I found that really tough because it was almost like being injured in a way. You weren't training and you weren't going in. Um, and and that's obviously what, what I love doing. Um, but I really felt that was a time where I could try and sort of get myself ahead of people um, because I didn't think everyone not just at Reading but just other teams in general would be working that hard they may be be taking their foot off the gas a little bit but I thought if I can just take this time to sort of better myself as much as I can then I can come back sort of with a head start and and think I did that really I I hit the ground running when we were um, back after the lockdown and uh, played 
uh, I think it was five or six games in a row, which was more than I'd ever played in the first team, which I think was a lot down to how hard I worked during that lockdown, yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, what were you sort of doing in lockdown? Were you just at the back garden and, and stuff like that? Or were you at yeah, so and stuff? I've got a, a punch bag in the garden, so I was doing a lot of boxing, um, a lot of skipping, and then just sort of bodyweight gym sessions in the garden. Uh, and then when you could obviously run, I was going on quite a few runs and stuff, just... Uh, making sure I was ticking all the boxes. So I was doing like my my prehab sort of strengthening exercises and stuff to prevent injuries and that. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I did a bit of everything really, but I kept myself fit and uh, and, and active, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, as a footballer, mate, um, we've spoke to a few of the previous guests about this, but for you, did, did you miss the routine a lot of it? Because um, obviously being part of a football club, a big commodity, a, a kind of group effort. Did you miss the kind of banter all, all the time and, and, and miss the routine of getting into training or were you more than happy to do everything at home and just kind of chill out and, and, and not need to go into training and stuff? No, I missed it loads, to be fair, going in and seeing my mates. Obviously, I'm I'm good friends with everyone at football and, and I've known them for a long time, so we get on really well and stuff and... I miss that sort of like camaraderie and the banter we'd have um, and also match days. I, I love match days and like the buzz around the stadium, even if I'm not playing, I just enjoy the buzz of, of having the fans there and everyone's up for it. Um, mm-hmm. I sort of really, really enjoy that part of, of football. Um, and obviously we didn't have that amongst other things that we didn't have too, but that was something that really stuck out for me was the match days. I missed them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more difficult as well, especially your scenario. You've broke through and played so well recently. It just must yeah. be a bit of a kick in the teeth, the fact that none of the fans are there to kind of cheer you on at the time when, when you're coming through and playing some of your best football. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really frustrating because I know how short a footballer's career is and, and, and know that I'm just trying to get through. And, and you don't know what's around the corner, really. So you don't know how many opportunities or games you're going to play. And for a lot of them at the minute to be not having my family there or, or my friends or, or fans in general is, is is frustrating, yeah. Yeah, definitely, mate. Right, let's go back to uh, your childhood, mate. Um, one of the one of the guys who have brought up and, and supported your boyhood club and now in a, in a position where you're playing for your boyhood club, mate. You were born in, in Reading in England. You, you do represent Scotland, which which we'll move yeah. into in the, uh, uh, later on in the show. Um, but obviously, Reading being your childhood team, what was your first experience for, of Reading FC and, and how did you get begin to support them? Um, so it was my dad who just took me down to a game I think it was like kids for a quid or something they used to call it which is yeah. crazy now like you'd never see kids for a quid now yeah. um, so I went down and I just remember just being buzzing off the mascot which is a big lion yeah. um, so I'd be I'd be buzzing off him his name's Kingsley and I remember just looking where Kingsley was the whole time I wasn't, wasn't bothered about the game I was yeah. just more interested in about uh, where he was where he was cutting about to um, but I just remember just the like the colours were so Something that stuck with me is like the colours were so bright, uh, like the kits, the, the pitch, like the, the fans. Um, and that's something that really stuck with me is uh, is that, yeah, it was just the whole buzz of the around the stadium and and the noise. Um, but yeah, it's, it's magic, isn't it, when you go to your first football match? Yeah. Um, as I'm sure a lot of other lads who've come on here have said, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Can you remember who you're playing now? I, can't, oh, I wouldn't be able to remember, to be fair, the, the exact game. Yeah. Um, it was that long ago, but yeah, I'm sure I could find out somehow. My dad would know, yeah. Your dad's probably still got the tickets, mate. Probably. He probably has, yeah. Probably, yeah. probably mate. Probably. Um, yeah. So was it your childhood dream to be a footballer, mate? Or were, or were you into other sports like a lot of kids well? Or was football kind of the main focus for you? Yeah, football was the main focus for me. Um, I, I played a bit of rugby at school. Um, I was good at swimming. I was good at a few other sports, I think. I was good at just athletics in general. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was always football for me. I loved football and, and loved just whenever I had a ball at my feet, I loved it, yeah. Yeah. So what was your first experience then in playing football? Was it with the Reading Academy or, or did you play with a couple of boys clubs before that and school team, that yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, so I went along to a, a local team um, near me, um, just at a local park, and I joined in. I remember I remember my first session, I joined in, and I was a bit, sort of, I was quite tall at that age, yeah. uh, taller than, than my other sort of classmates and, and people my age. So they straight away moved me up an age group, which I think, obviously, as, as I've gone along, it's, it's helped me out. It helped me out a lot, sort mm-hmm. of being an age up from that from that early. Um, but yeah, I just remember just just loving it really. Um, and I remember when they were they were going with position. There wasn't really positions at that stage, but yeah, you sort of you were put in a position in the game basically. And uh, I didn't want to go in defence because I wanted to be a striker scoring yeah, goals and whatnot. And and I remember the manager saying to me, like, no, 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 like, defence is a really important position. Like, you're stopping the goals going in. And from that moment, I remember thinking, oh, no, you know what? It might be all right being back here. So I think that's sort of how it started, really, yeah. Yeah. Mate, I think everybody's like that, though, that kid, aren't you? Like, everybody just runs for the ball when they're all up front and nobody wants to play defence. But um, yeah, you see a lot as well. A lot of the straight guys who used to play up front are turned into, like, some of the best defenders, Jamie Carragher, I'm sure, played up front and right wing at one point and stuff. So, nah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the Reading Academy, mate, tell us how that came about. Um, how did you hear about a scout coming along? What was it like for you at the time? And talk us through um, that. So I remember that a scout just came to our game and and he'd sort of there'd be local scouts around anyway to like yeah. tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember he picked up. They picked up three of the other lads and not me, uh, which was like. I can't remember being angry about it at the time or anything like that. I just thought, uh, like, I, I didn't know how good I was at that age. So I didn't think, oh, I should be should be in there as well. Yeah. Um, but I remember my dad sort of said that he was a bit, not taken aback, but sort of thought, oh, like they haven't chosen Tom sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the coach actually went back to them at the time and said, look, you've picked these three lads, but Tom's probably our best player. And so with that, they luckily they agreed that I could go along for a trial as well, um, and and sort of that's just that's where it started, yeah. Yeah. What was that trial like? Can you remember that? Uh, I vaguely remember it was down. There's like a training. There's like a dome, like an indoor facility just outside the stadium at Reading. So yeah. it, it's it's right outside, um, which was magic in in itself because. I was going down there, putting my boots on, and, and you could see the stadium from where you were training, sort of thing. And, and yeah. I remember thinking that was like a that was a cool thing in itself, really. Yeah. Um, I can't really remember much about the session or anything like that, but I just remember being really excited for it. Yeah. yeah. When did you hear the the news from it? Was it kind of soon? Was it a couple of weeks? And um, I think it was sort of it worked in six week blocks, right. so you'd have six weeks, and then you'd get an envelope through the post saying whether you were kept on or not. Um, and I remember my mum and dad would always prepare me for if that didn't come through. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously at such a young age to have, to be under that much scrutiny to where you've only got six weeks and then you're told whether you're let go or not, is quite a tough thing at, at such a young age. Yeah. Um, but I remember them just sort of preparing me for if it didn't come. Um, but yeah, luckily every six weeks I, I got my letter and, uh, yeah, was buzzing every time. Yeah. So tell us about your, your kind of overall experience then at the Redden Academy. What was it like playing there? Um, what was it like for your development and what would you what would you kind of give any advice to any younger kids who are going through an academy as well mate 
yeah i i loved my time uh, in the academy um all the coaches were great i learned so much both on and off the pitch and i think that's helped me and and developed me into the person i am today um they're, they're very big on sort of the off the field stuff and being polite well mannered you know just the, the normal stuff that makes you a, a good person yeah um, they're big on um but yeah i remember just having great memories of playing against the big teams like Chelsea, Arsenal at their training grounds. And I remember we played Chelsea when I was young and Drogba was there and, and John Terry was there. And I remember just things like that really stick in my mind as being really uh, sort of exciting at the time. Um, and, and you remember them, remember them till this day, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, uh, I had a pretty smooth ride coming through the academy, I'd probably say. Um, played a year up a lot. Um, played up age groups a lot um and I think that's really helped me uh, along the way as well um but there was obviously tough moments as well um but all in all it was a a, a pretty good ride yeah yeah no brilliant mate any um any kind of pre not pre-season tours as such it wouldn't be at that age but did you yeah. go to any of the tournaments abroad like the ones in Holland and stuff like that yeah, I missed a few of them to be fair, but I remember going to Dublin. We played right. in a little a little tournament. There was I think four or five teams in it. Yeah, uh, so it was Ireland. There was an Irish sort of national team there. A uh, West Brom. Uh, um, who else was there? There was an Irish team, and there was a, there was a few there was a few teams in it, but we we won it in the end. That was a good memory of of going over going over there to Dublin. Um, we played also in the Premier League Cup. The Premier League, I forgot what it's called now. Coca-Cola Cup, that's it. Right. Um, and there were some massive teams there. Real Madrid, um, Benfica. Uh, obviously, all the Premier League teams were there. Yeah. Um, it's one of the biggest biggest tournaments uh, coming through the youth youth teams that you do. Um, I think it's under-15s. But there was, if you went through the teams there, there'd be loads of players that now are playing in the Premier League and Champions League and whatever. Um, so it'd be cool to look back and, and see them, yeah. Yeah, can you remember any of the players that you played against who are now professional? Um, played against Hudson Adoy, Sancho, uh, Marcus Rashford. Uh, also, have I played? Oh, there's loads to be fair. The list goes on. Um, Calvert Lewin, uh, Mason Mount, Declan Rice. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the young players you'll now see in the Premier League, I'll have played against, sort of coming through the age groups. So yeah, similar age to me, yeah. Do you, do you kind of look at that and think it's quite crazy how you are playing against them at under 15s in a Coca-Cola Cup and then yeah. now every week they're on the television they're playing it like for instance Sancho Dortmund they're, they're playing the Champions League and um, like stuff like that do you kind of look back and kind of think well hold on a minute we, we've, I've played against them and, and it's good to yeah. see that you've all kind of developed and became the players that you are today Oh yeah 100% because you remember when you were just playing them at a like a training ground with no one watching. Yeah. Um, and never at that point did you, you, you always, <clears throat> a lot of those players, you'd always remember being like standout players, but you never thought that one day they'd be doing what, what some of the lads are doing now. Um, yeah. Although that's the natural progression of, of what we were all there to be doing. Yeah. Um, you just never quite believe it until you see it. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, that's, that's quality, mate. That's quality. Um, let's, let's move on to your, your kind of pro career, mate. Um, and then we'll go on to talk about your, your, the national side and, and the Scotland yeah. stuff after that, mate. In July yeah. 2016, mate, you signed your, your first professional contract mm -hmm. with Redden. Like we yeah. spoke about, um, Redden being your boyhood club. Talk us through that day, mate. Talk us through that that whole experience. How proud you were, how proud your family were and, and what the kind of the full moment entitled, mate. 
Yeah, it was. I was buzzing with that. Really, um, you obviously work all through your um, your youth your youth teams to to get to that stage where you sign a professional contract. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's obviously a, a really a really proud day for all my all my family and my friends. Um, but at the same time, it's one of them where you know that it just it's just started the hard work really because yeah. um, there's so many who get given pro deals and then never play for the first team. Yeah. Um, so I knew the sort of maybe if you like to put it the enormous task that you have in trying to get in, now into the first team um, and and the sort of hard work for that had only just started. Yeah. Um, and because I was offered my I was offered my pro deal when I signed my scholarship deal, um, which was a year before. So although I was buzzing on the day, I'd probably say I was more buzzing when I was actually offered that originally the the year before. Right. Um, because I knew what was coming, um, of course I was excited about it. But I think really the the most exciting day was when I was told about it, um, which was when I was a bit younger. Um, but yeah, I remember just just thinking how big a task I had on my hands to to get in the first team at that point. Yeah, yeah, more of an opportunity for an opportunity, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. when you get their pro yeah. we spoke to a lot of it, to a lot of previous pro footballers, and and most of them have said the exact same thing. Like they were buzzing to get that contract, and it's more the parents and stuff that are proud that they've done it. But for yeah. you as an athlete are just kind of thinking, well, hold on a minute, this is now my opportunity to to spur on and go and prove myself, yeah, yeah. mate. Which just shows a mindset a lot of you professionals, mate, that. That you're more yeah. focused on the game than than kind of the the pride and and and, and the contracts that come with it, mate. Um, yeah. Let's talk about um, your first experience being part of the kind of the pro team. Of course, you'll get the chance yeah. to um, train with train with the first team and stuff like that. But was there anybody who took you under under their wing and was a kind of mentor to you and showed you the ropes? Um, yeah, when I first sort of got in the, I first trained with the first team when I was about 15. Yeah. Um, but I was just dropped in for a few sessions and and I didn't really get to know any of the lads at that point. Um, but then when I actually got into the sort of, we're training with the first team regularly, it was uh, Liam Moore, uh, who's now the captain of yeah. the club. Um, and he was massive. And I think for any Reading fans that are watching this, they'll know how big an influence he's had on me and, and my sort of short career that I've had so far. Um and yeah, he really took me under his wing and, and helped me out no end. Um, he plays the same position as me as well, yeah. which is sometimes a funny one because you're obviously competing with him. Um, but it's all sort of friendly competition that, that I think helps us both really, yeah. Yeah, of course. Stuff like that's important in football, mate, because obviously he's just want you to become the best player you are, the best player you become, yeah. helps your team out. But nah, I've seen I've seen he's on Instagram a few times giving each other some uh, yeah. some digs and stuff, mate. So I know yeah. it's all kind of yeah. good and friendly banter, mate. Um, yeah. y- your debut, mate, which we're going to talk about more, um, but yeah. w- when you first found out you were going to make your debut, tell us the, the kind of week coming up to that. How did you find out? Was it the day before? Was it a few days before? Um, what were you feeling yeah. then? So... I'd been on the bench a few times prior, yeah. uh, maybe three weeks. Um, and then the manager got sacked. So the under-23s manager took over. Yep. Um, and the under-23s manager really liked me and I, I played loads of games under him um, in the 23s. Um, so at the time as well, there was a bit of an injury crisis and a lot of the centre-backs were injured. Um, so I remember it was maybe the Tuesday session. Liam Moore was was meant to be playing but just sort of felt his calf um and just sort of I think he suspected he had a bit of a strained calf at the time so dropped out of the session um and as he sort of walked inside from the warm-up I remember lads like sort of 
like tapping me on yeah, the shoulder. Yeah, told you not. You're going to get your chance there. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, it might actually be happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I was, like, a bit worried, like, not worried, but I was nervous, of, of, of course. course, and it sort of all dawned on me in that moment that it, it could be happening. Um, and so my heart started racing, and uh, I sort of, I remember them going, you don't have to be that nervous. Um it's, it's only it's only the championship they were going like sort of taking the fifth a little bit. Um, and I think it was Rotherham away. Yeah. Um, and so someone said it's only Rotherham. Like don't, don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, I was just buzzing for it really. And then leading up to it, I remember just sort of going over it in my head so many times. Um, I didn't really sleep all that well over the next sort of few days leading up to the game, um, as I think a lot of people would say that's how they felt as well. But it was just a real um, feeling of just excitement, really. Um, but at the same time, I'd prepared... My mindset going into the game was that I'd prepared my whole life, so to speak, or my whole footballing career yeah. leading up to that point for that game. Um, and coming through all the age groups at Reading and all the coaching and training that you do is all for that moment of playing for the first team. So in my head, I felt so prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think helped me and, and sort of put my mind at ease slightly going into the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the game, mate. Um, your, your your playing experience and that must have been a great feeling to to play in it. But you fractured your skull in that game, mate. Which I, yeah. I, I'm sure most Reading fans will know, but maybe some of the people who are watching the podcast are maybe yeah. not Reading fans as such. So tell us about the, the game that day and um, tell us what kind of happened after it. Um, yeah, so it was Rotherham away. Um, all my family had come up, so it's a good four or five hours from Reading. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them had travelled up for the game. It was freezing. I remember it was December, mid-December, um, tipping it down with rain. And I remember just first 10 minutes, I was like playing really well. And they're a long ball team. They play a lot of balls in the air. So I'd won a lot of headers in the, in the first few minutes. Uh, maybe they were targeting me because they knew it was my first game and I was I was young. Um, but then they just played one in the air and I smacked heads with the uh, with the striker. And I remember just sort of being a bit dazed and just sort of like sat down on the floor as I, as I uh, landed. Um, and I just remember just being a bit dizzy and, and, and felt my head and could feel that it was sort of dented. Um, and I just really felt a, a, a big dent in the top of my head, which at the time I was a bit... I was a bit sort of worried about. But again, but when you get a whack on the head, you know how it is, you're not really... In that moment, you don't don't really think too too sort of cleverly. Um, but in that moment, I remember thinking, "No, I can't. I can't be going off here. My family have travelled all this way. Um, it'd be just my luck to get injured in the first fifteen minutes of my yeah. debut." <laughs> um, so I remember the physio came on and uh, sort of ran his ran his hands over my head just to see if anything was sort of um, in a in a bad way and and he said oh it does feel a bit strange there and he said you've got a bit of an egg now appearing above your eye and I remember him radioing radio into the bench and he said oh it might be a bit of a serious one here. and I was like no 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 like, honestly I'm fine like don't worry about it I can play and he'd done the all the concussion tests and whatnot yeah. um, and I managed to pass them I don't really know how um, and yeah carried on the game and and I had a really good game in the end but mm-hmm. looking back I, sh- I shouldn't have I shouldn't have carried on in myself I should have said listen I'm not good enough to carry on because as much as the physios are, are assessing you they can't I was I was probably lying to them because yeah. I wasn't all right but I was telling them I was fine um but looking back on it I'm glad I did carry on because I played really well and uh 
I'd have been kicking myself for, for the rest of my life if I hadn't have uh, stayed on the pitch. Yeah, nah. I suppose it's it's one of the ones that's you could probably get so much adrenaline going through you as well on your debut, yeah. the biggest game of your career so far, and then something like that happens. You probably didn't feel that like the probably the pain that was after the game no. uh, until you realised no, then. No, no. But so after that game, mate, what what happened then? Did was it a case of you went in and you you, you still felt kind of dazed, or, or did you have to go to hospital straight after? Tell us tell us what happened there. So I remember on the bus on the way back, I was really sick, um, sort of being sick every like every 15 minutes at, at one point. Um, and there was blood in my sick as well, which is never a good sign because that means there's sort of a bleeding uh, in your head. Um, happens a lot when you get like broken noses and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the pain just sort of got worse. And, and like you said, the adrenaline probably kept me going through that game. And then as soon as it stopped, it started to really sort of hurt and stuff and and at the time I didn't I didn't end up going to the hospital at the time but mm-hmm. the pain just didn't get better at that point mm-hmm. um and it was I think the Monday the Monday after the game so the game was on the Saturday it was on the Monday I was trying to get to sleep and I just said to my mum like it's, it's it's too sore I can't I can't sleep like better go to hospital so we did and, and got the x-rays and I couldn't believe it when it came back that, that I'd done that I thought I might have I don't really know what I thought I might have done, but I didn't think I'd have sort of fractured my skull. Um, and we were there, we got there at nine and we didn't leave till nine the following morning um, because they had to see if there was any sort of bleed on my brain and any sort of uh, brain damage because obviously of how sort of close it is to your skull, it's, it's, it's always a danger. But luckily and luckily enough for me, there was there was nothing nothing like that. So I then had to, I seen a, I seen a, a facial reconstruction sort of specialist um, who deals with a lot of, he doesn't deal with a lot of sort of head injuries in football or sports. Um, it's more car car crashes and, and head traumas like that. Um, and that just shows how much sort of damage I've done to my head in the yeah. game. Um, so I went, I, I had a, a big operation. So they had to cut from one ear to the other um, and pull my, all the skin over the top of my head, all all forward, so it sort of flapped over my face, and then yeah. sort of put two metal plates above my eyebrow. Um, and so I was in hospital for a good sort of five days, and, and was in a pretty bad way after that. Um, and ended up getting thirty, I think it was thirty eight staples um, across the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a tough. It was it was tough at that time. Yeah. What was that like for you? Is a obviously you're still a young you're still a young lad then, and and you've just kind of made your, your debut and, and were you worried at that point your career was over or were, were you more you know, willing to get back or, or were you just unsure of what, what was next to come? To be fair, at that point, I hadn't really thought about whether that... I didn't really... I think my mum and dad maybe were a little bit more worried about my football career as a whole at that point than I was. I, I didn't really see it as an issue, uh, which maybe is a little bit, a little bit naive of me looking back. Um but I think it was maybe because I think the specialist reassured me that it'd be fine um, at the time um, and said he'd done it. But he, he had done it before. I think he'd operated on John Terry before when he done when he fractured his eye socket or something. And there was a few other footballers that he'd done. Um, and, and he said I'd be fine. So I think at that point, I just thought, right, I'll, I'll just crack on and, and I'll be all right. Yeah. But again, I don't think for everyone that's always the case. And, and I was pretty lucky to, to come out. Uh, sort of 
unscathed, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't your your, your first injury as well, was it not? You had the the, no. the knee one before. Let's let's yeah. talk about that because we maybe missed that part out. But I've heard you speak at an event previously, which which you were yeah. on, and, and you spoke about your kind of your mental attitude and, and and your determination to come back from an injury. So this injury happened when when you were still playing youth at Reading, if I'm if I'm right. Um, yeah, the yeah. B one. So talk us through that injury, mate. Um, and then obviously you, you I know the the kind of story behind it about the knee surgeon and stuff you spoke to. So yeah. maybe tell us a bit about that, mate. And then tell us how you mentally and physically bounced back from that as well, mate, because it's a really good story. Yeah. So um, when I was sort of about thirteen, I think it was, I I started to get sort of a a pretty sharp pain in my knee after sessions, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't after every session. It was it was a bit random when it came on which was why at the time it was hard for me to tell the physios or explain to them when I get it, because at the time I didn't really know. And it was, like I say, a bit random. Yeah. Um, but I remember there'd be sessions that I'd have and I'd be in agony with my knee. Um, and then the next day it'd be fine. Um, so because I was sort of, I was getting away with it at that stage. So I, I just sort of cracked on and, and I'd mentioned it over the years, but again, couldn't put my finger on when it would happen. Um, but then I started my scholarship um, at 16 mm-hmm. um, and a few weeks into that, I fractured my back originally um, and cut a long story short, that put me out for 12 months at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so a year of doing absolutely nothing. Uh, that was obviously tough in itself. Um, I then came back, uh, was doing really well again. And then I think it was, two or three months later, the, the, the pain in my knee came back. Uh, but this time it just stayed and it didn't go. Um, and I remember just, it, I remember it so, so vividly. It was just walking out to training one day and, and I remember just feeling it and thinking, like, I've, I, I recognise that pain in my knee. Um, and it just was constant and didn't go. So I tried to play on it for a few days, but then at that point, my knee started to give way when we sort of, I'd pass on my right foot, uh, my left foot and my right knee had give way. And uh, it was causing me a lot of grief at the time. So I spoke to the physios and uh, they got me a scan. Um, and then the next day, the the physio called me into his, his back office and said, um, I remember, remember this really clearly as well. They, when it's a serious injury, they put the blinds down um, to the office at the back. Uh, and when I walked in and seen the blinds down, I thought, no, this isn't good at all. Um, and I remember sitting there and he said, yeah, it's not good news. Um, you, you've damaged a bone in your knee pretty pretty severely. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically said that it, it, it can end your career. And he said that at, that at that point, he wasn't sure whether I would be able to carry on or not. Um, he said that he'd never seen it seen it before in in his work that he'd done at Reading, um, but said we were going to go and see a specialist. So up until that point, uh, I thought my career was going to be over at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just sort of talking to my dad, he's a carpenter, and saying, like, we were speaking about what, if my career didn't go the way it could, like, could I come and work with him? And uh, we were sort of at that, at that point. Um, and I was really panicking that I didn't know what I was going to do, really. Um, but then I seen the knee specialist and I remember walking in and, and I'd Googled loads of things about this knee injury and it said all the same that it happens a lot in NFL and, and football and hockey and it, it, it will stop you playing uh, like high level sport. Um, and I remember the first thing he said to me when I walked in was, he said, listen, I know you will have read a lot on Google, he said, but do not take any, like anything from it, he said, because 
I do this for a living and I'm the best in the world at this, he said. Um, and so he said, it doesn't matter what you've done. He said, I'll fix it and you'll be back playing. Um, and from that point onwards, I was sort of, although I was having a, I was out for then 13 months, uh, all in all, but I had hope at that point. Um, because at that point where someone says you might not play again, I was sort of thinking, what's the point of me even going through all of this? Um, and, and it was really tough to sort of get my head around at first. But then instantly when he said I could, I will be back playing and I'll be fine, that gave me a lot of hope and uh, and pushed me on through that through that rehab phase, yeah. Yeah, no, brilliant, mate. Like, uh, even the back, the, about your back as well, we forgot to mention that, but it yeah. just shows, mate, like, you're only 22 now, I think, um, yeah. and, and, and you've had three... Huge injuries, which most yeah. pros would probably go through the three of them in, in, in a 15, 15 year career. And, and yeah. at the end of their career, you would look back and go, God, do you remember a day three huge injuries? But you've experienced yeah. them at, at such a, a young age and as such a young footballer. I hope you don't mind me saying, but yeah. um, it just kind of shows that the kind of mental attitude and, and the drive you've got to get back and, and playing some of the best football. And, and like, like we said, you are a, a young footballer as such in, in the game. So that there's no reason I don't see you go make your way to the very top, mate. Especially yeah. with the especially with the whole mind and mental attitude that you've got, mate. But um, yeah. but yeah, let's move on to the more the more positive things, mate. Yeah. Um, the past couple of years, um, you, you've you've started to become a, a much more regular uh, in in the red and setup, starting most weeks, um, and and playing some great football. Let's talk about this season, mate, um, because yeah. I think this season for you has been the pinnacle one of your career so far. Yeah, yeah. you've you've Scored a couple of goals. Um, yeah. Don't know where you put the 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 one foot inside <laughs> the box in, but um, the kind of volley as such. But yeah. no, talk talk us through them. What's it like been been a regular in the setup now for the, for the team that you're supporting, and what's it like going out with the lads every week? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's literally I I I, uh, I go out every week and and feel as if that's a once in a lifetime opportunity, really. Yeah, and it sounds a bit sort of like cringy and whatever, but that's yeah. how it actually feels. Is I always think you, you. I won't be doing this for for the whole of my life, but while I'm doing it, I just I'm gonna absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really helps me in my in my game and my performances. That probably people who watch can see I'm enjoying myself, um, which I think is a massive thing. That I think maybe when players aren't doing too well in their career, they won't enjoy the football as much, and and that really does affect them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I say, I absolutely love it every week going out and uh, and playing for the playing for the team I support. Um, but yeah, my season's gone. My season sort of had a few ups and downs because um, I started off wasn't in the team at all. Uh, was just sort of coming off the bench yeah. every now and again for the last few minutes, and then there was a few injuries, and I played uh, against Preston um, and and had a stinker. Uh, I'm I'm not sort of shying away from the fact that I really didn't have a good game. Uh, it's probably the worst game I've played. Um, sort of made two mistakes for two goals, gave away a penalty. We lost 3-0. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it couldn't have gone any worse, really. And yeah. and after that, I was absolutely gutted about it and thought, well, that's it then, really. I was on the, I'm on the last year of my contract and I was thinking, well, this is it then, really, isn't it? I've sort of put the nail in the coffin for myself and, mm-hmm. and I was fuming at myself more than anyone else. Um but luckily, I uh, I sort of picked myself up, and uh, I've got another I got another chance on Boxing Day. And like you said, I, I scored my first goal, um, and then yeah, I've I've been playing a lot since. So um, 
long may it continue. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? What was that like scoring your first goal for Reading, mate? Oh man, I can't even explain the the feeling I had. Yeah. Is it extra special, of course, because you support Reading as well? Is it just like that? That's the dream yeah. for you. Yeah, I've like gone through it so many times in my head and and imagined it and uh, and and never th- I never really thought it'd happen. Yeah. Because um, I'd I'd had a few sort of chances in front of goal, like from corners and stuff in the past, but but nothing really clear cut. Um, so when the sort of opportunity arose and and I I really caught the volley and stuff, I was just over the moon really. Um, but again, we touched on it. Um, we touched on it a bit earlier on that. I was gutted my family weren't there. Yeah. Um, they were all watching on telly and 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 on the on the internet and stuff, but I, I just I just wish there had been fans there because I'd have probably gone straight into the into the stand, into the crowd and that, and uh it'd have been even more special. But I I'll, I'll take it definitely. Yeah, no, brilliant, mate. There'll be plenty more to come, I'm sure. Plenty yeah, more yeah. to come. Um let's uh, let's talk about your, your Scotland, mate. Um represent Scotland at the under yeah. under levels all the way up to twenty wins, mate. Um Obviously, you don't sound Scottish like like myself. No. Um, so, so where, where's where's the connection and and why Scotland and and tell us tell us that, mate. Um, so my granddad's uh, my granddad's the connection there. Um, mm-hmm. he was born in Scotland. He's a proper Scot through and through. Um, has obviously lived down in England now for for quite a while. Yeah. Um, because he, he he's married obviously my nanny and and they live sort of thirty seconds away from from us now. Right. Um, but yeah, that's where the, the connection is. And I remember I got picked up at it was from a tour I was at a tournament, um, a big a big Premier League tournament. And I remember the I remember the seeing the Scotland scout there in his Scotland gear and stuff. And I thought, like, go on, this I, I could I could do it here really. I could I could get myself in and and put a good a good good first impression across. And I remember the game, I I played really well. I was I played against it was against Tottenham. Um and it's the young lad Marcus Edwards. Right. Uh, you might, you may or may not know. Um, I think he's on loan somewhere in in Europe now. Um, but yeah, I played really well against him, and and from that moment, I, I sort of got told that uh, I was going to go along to a training camp. Um, but at the time, that it was it was an under eighteen training camp, so it was quite a few years up. Yeah. Um, so it was a few. There was a wide range of of ages. So I remember Ollie McBurney was there. Uh, Scott McTominay was was there. Yeah. Um, trying to think of who else. But yeah, there was a few players that have obviously now gone on to to play for the full squad. Yeah. Um, Ads, Cadden, stuff for there. No, he wasn't. It was more of the English based players. Right. This one, mm-hmm. um, which is why McTominay and Ollie McBurney were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I did really well at that, and then got called up to go on a trip to Turkey. Um, by I injured my ankle literally. A month before we were meant to go away, right. um, which got me going. Um, so I had to wait a little bit longer. But then it was it was three friendlies in Bosnia, I think, um, and I, I scored two goals. So I scored on my first and second games uh, for Scotland. They were only in friendlies and stuff, but I remember being over the moon with that as well. Yeah, no, brilliant, mate. So was was your was your papa or your granddad as such kind of drilling it into you from a young age that? Oh, you're going to play for Scotland and not England? Was that? Is that what you said? Oh, massively! Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, his granddad played for Scotland as well. Right. Um, so he played for Scotland, range, uh, Rangers. He played for Celtic, uh, Preston, 
but yeah, he's got a few caps for Scotland as well. And we've got them actually at, at home, um, which is really cool that I'm sort of following in his footsteps. Yeah. No, that's brilliant, mate. What was, your, what yeah. was his name? Uh, Peter McIntyre. Um, but this was sort of in the 1800s. This was yeah. like a long, the late 1800s. Uh, so it was a long time ago. But yeah, I'm really proud of that as well. And, and hopefully one day I can get in the full squad and, and do what he did. Yeah. No, well, mate, you keep playing the way you're going, mate. Then you might get yourself into the Euros, mate. You might get yourself yeah. a, wee, a, wee, a wee ticket yeah. on with, with a boy. You and Big Dead Gallagher at the back. You never know, yeah. mate. Um, but no, brilliant, mate. Um, yeah. thank, thanks for kind of opening up about you, your career, mate, um, and, and where you're going. And, and you've overcame a lot at being at such a, a young stage in your career, mate. Yeah. So I'm sure you've got plenty more to, to give and plenty more to improve and plenty more to show as well, mate. But you're certainly sure. going in the in the right direction, mate. But hopefully you can get a couple of goals when the fans are back in, mate. Uh, oh, 100%. Yeah. Sorted, mate. And, uh, a few yellow cards going in the crowd. Uh, yeah. That's it, mate. That's <laughs> it. Um, but also... Let's let's talk about your your kind of your other side your other side project as such, which yeah. I think you've a lot of footballers have taken up to, it, and that's how we kind of met as well is, is through the is through Twitch. Now, for any of the fa- fans of the podcast or any football fans watching who don't know what Twitch is, it's basically a, a video game live streaming service. So Tom will basically play games such as Call of Duty, FIFA. Um, and, and, and stream it so the fans can get a chance to connect with him um, online and he can get a chance to connect with fans which is a great idea and a lot of footballers have taken up to it but Tom wh- why did you get into Twitch and, and tell us your experience with Twitch so far mate? Um, it was sort of I got into it a while back uh, I was obviously a massive COD fan yep. um, and I remember I started it just sort of from I was a bit embarrassed about it. I thought I'd get a bit of stick in that from the lads. So I created a, I think it was called JT Cod Clips was my first, my first uh, YouTube channel. Right. Um, so oh. I'd put a few like silly videos up and that. Um, you know when I'm going straight after you, this. Is- <laughs> I've deleted it to be fair, so you won't be able to find it. Um, right. But yeah, that's, that's how it started originally. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of, Sorry, excuse me, like I grew the balls to actually put my name to it and, yeah. and have it in my own name eventually. Yeah. Um, so I've been streaming now for probably two or three years, mm-hmm. uh, just sort of on and off. Um, but it wasn't t- until lockdown when obviously there wasn't much else on that I really sort of chucked myself into it. And uh, there was a big um, FIFA tournament with a lot of footballers and and it had to be streamed. So that really grew my channel and, and helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love doing it. Um, as as I know you do as well, and uh, and yeah, it's something I do every day, and uh, really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think for you as well, it gives you a chance to connect with the fans more and get something to know you more as a person rather than just a player on the park? Oh, massively, yeah. Um, and I know how some sort of footballers' attitudes are about it that they're sort of worried about saying the wrong thing and this and that. But to be honest, I'll just go out, like I just jump on and and I'm just myself really on the on the camera and uh, and yeah, just sort of enjoy chatting with the with the fans and, and and people who like watching me it's not just from reading but there's a lot of football fans in general that that i know watch me um yep. but yeah i love doing it and uh yeah it's hopefully that with my football growing my, my stream will grow too yeah yeah fingers crossed you don't get too many injuries and you'll need to rely on the twitch but you're, yeah. doing, you're doing well in both mate so yeah. i don't see after football why twitch can't be a can't be a venue no, you explore mate um right let's go on to the kind of the fun stuff mate um we'll give you the quick fire questions now mate so as quick as you can first answer that comes to your head and you just go for it all right tom yeah this one's from the lads today by the way because you've got the new yeah. car and stuff but um vip parking or normal parking <laughs> <laughs> 
It's got to be VIP parking. Mate, the red carpet was good. Oh, that was the best bit about it. It was the club secretary, you know. <laughs> Kicked it all off. Can't believe it. Yeah, uh, it was good, mate. Um, Champions League or World Cup? Uh, World Cup. Um, Real Ferdinand or John Terry? John Terry. Goals or clean sheets? Uh, clean sheets. Win the league or win the cup? Uh, win the league. Good tackle or a great pass? Good tackle. Home or away? Home, definitely. Call of Duty or FIFA? COD, definitely. VAR, yes or no? No. Right, quickly, no. quickly on that. Why no? What do you not like about it? And Because I think being a centre-back myself, if I'm like putting in a challenge that is sort of on the border of being a foul or not, mm-hmm. and the ref gives it as not a foul, I don't want them then to be going over and analysing every last sort of second of it and, and giving it as a, as a foul. Um, the same as when balls like drop down and hit people on the arms and that like yeah. it, it happens and, and it's not deliberate um, yeah. so I think there needs to they need to just get rid of it I preferred it when there was when there was no VAI yeah. Yeah. right and the, the one we ask every every single player that comes on Messi yeah. or Ronaldo and why Messi 100% yeah um, just so naturally gifted uh, and stuff he does with a ball and I've seen him do with a ball on the telly is just incredible um, obviously he's getting a bit older as is Ronaldo now but um, I remember back to when Barcelona were, were winning the Champions League and, and had an unbelievable team at the time he was just different class yeah no definitely mate um, he, he is the most more naturally gifted player but yeah. I'm, I, I'm more of Ronaldo I don't know why nah. <laughs> anyway, um, right, we've got some fan questions, mate. Um, some of the ones that, which came in, which we'll, which we'll ask you just now. Um, what's it like having your own 99 rated card in FIFA? Oh, it's wicked to be fair. Um, I'd been dying to get a 99 rated player, um, yeah. but hadn't been in FIFA in the years gone by, so yeah. I was a bit gutted. I'd look every time when they, when they, uh, when the what is it called? The early access, the early access on the web app comes yeah. out. I'd look every time, search my name in, and and I'd be gutted every time I didn't see it. But yeah, this season when I seen it, I was I was over the moon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoy get I get a lot of comment. I get a lot of Instagram and and tweets about it. Um, when I beat people or score with my pro, they're fuming about it. Yeah, um, which I really enjoy as well. Yeah, yeah. I remember remember the clip and earlier on in the year when I packed you in one of the in one of the yeah. packs. Yeah. I think I was the first no. person to clip packing you, yeah. mate. To be fair, um, right? Who's your who's your best mate in football? Uh, it's got to be Liam Moore. It's got to be Liam Moore, yeah, at Reading, yeah. Your favourite game you've ever played in? Probably my debut. Although everything that <laughs> happened on my debut, it's got to be my debut. I loved it. Yeah. absolutely loved it. I'll do it again. Um, uh, the best player you've played alongside? Best player I've played alongside? Probably um, Michael Elise at the minute. Yeah. Um, the young number 10. Uh, he's incredible, yeah. He's he's going to go on to massive, massive things, yeah. Yep. And which player did you struggle playing against the most? Uh, it was Lyle Taylor um, when he played for Charlton. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be a, maybe a surprise to some people because I've played against sort of Giroud and, and Son and some other sort of big strikers and whatnot. But I remember he just was so strong, so quick. Uh, and he just sort of bullied me, really. Um, and... It was one of them games where it made me think, "Core, like I'm miles off it, really." Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's probably him, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Right, the perfect footballer. Perfect footballer consists of six categories. Um, you can pick any football player in world football. They can be currently playing or retired. You can only use this player once. You can't reuse them, all right? So in all these six categories, just the first person who comes to mind, Tom, all right? This segment is brought to you by the Clyde Coffee Club. A couple of roasters roasting the finest coffee beans right here on the banks of the Clyde. Use code JUDDY10 at their website to sort your coffee fix and get 10% off your final order. So the first uh, category is physicality. Adama Traore. I know everyone says Akin Fenwa, but I'm going with Adama Traore. No, quite right, mate. He's an absolute yeah. monster as well, mate. I would not like to get anywhere near the both of them. Nah. Um, <laughs> technique? Um, shabby. Passing ability? Perlo. Oh, good one. Left foot? Messi. Right Probably. foot? Ronaldo. And first touch? Iniesta. Oh, mate, you're the first person, right? You're the first person this season who hasn't said Berbatov for first touch. Really? I swear, mate. Wow, yeah, I, no, no. I'm I, sitting I, here, my fingers crossed, thinking you were going to say Berbatov and I was going to continue the, this clean sweep streak, but <laughs> no, no, mate, Iniesta's my favourite player growing up, yeah. mate, but everybody seems to say Berbatov, but... No, you look I, a bit like Iniesta now, Judd, to be fair. Mate, that, see, to be fair, right? I think it's <laughs> I think it's a moisturiser. I keep putting the moisturiser <laughs> on my head and it makes my head glow, mate. I need to stop doing it. Um, I need to stop doing it. I'll never get a barnet like yours, mate. That's maybe why I'm I'm, I'm more jealous, mate. Um, right, as we spoke about today, you got the new car today. All the boys gave you some stick about the new car, the VIP car, parking spot, all that stuff. So now yeah. it's time to get your, your, your own back on the players, all right? So this is a section called Dressing Room. Um, so... We'll go through these questions and you tell us who and you tell us why this fits them best. Yeah. All right, Tom. This segment is brought to you by the Masterclass Sessions. Grow your business by going to events and listening to some of the most successful people throughout business in the UK and globally. You can join for only 46 pence per day. A link will be down in the description. So who has yeah. no fashion sense at Reading? I'm not going to say no fashion sense. I'm going to say worse fashion sense. Right. Because he's got his own fashion sense in in itself do you know what I mean yeah but it's still terrible Alpha Semedo right uh, he's on loan from Benfica mm-hmm. midfielder and his gear is like the maddest gear I've ever seen but it it's called fashion you know what I mean so I'll go with him yeah. right who's the biggest joker gotta be Sam Bulldock yeah what's he um, up to he's just, got, he's just got such witty banter um, and yeah, he's always cracking a joke and, and lighting up the place, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Uh, who's always late? Ovi Ajaria. Right. Always late, always is late. Always getting fined in that, or is he just... Getting... Yeah, no, he's fine. he is fined. He is fined quite a bit, but he'll sit, he'll... Because we haven't got changing rooms at the minute, Yeah. Um, we've got our own rooms, he'll sit in his car until, like, the meeting and then, like, walk into the into the building, sort of five minutes before the meeting, which I find bizarre, but he's in his own world and uh, if he's happy, then that's all that matters. Fair enough. The longest <laughs> the longest in the shower? Longest in the shower? You know what? I wouldn't know. Um, your hair's getting quite I'll long. I'd probably, probably say my... No, I'd probably go myself. Yeah, I've got to say, your hair's getting yeah, quite long, I'm, mate. It'll be yeah, shampoo, conditioner. Mind. You'll be quite a oh, while in there, mate. mate. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't understand, mate. <laughs> Um, the hardest the hardest worker the hardest worker um, Michael Morrison yeah centre back yeah yeah for sure just grafting uh, all the time yeah he just works so hard like 
just your model professional, really. Yeah, brilliant, mate. And who's the most vain? Luke Southwood. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Southwood, the keeper, was on loan at Hamilton last year, so there might be a few lads who know him. Um, but yeah, it's got to be Luke, yeah. Yeah, just love himself, is that... He's just having himself at everything. Yeah. Like, he, he stitched me up today, so I'm going to, like... If he hadn't stitched me up today with the car business, then I wouldn't be going as harsh as this, but... He is having himself at everything. Well, sure. He tried telling us we went we went on pre-season and he tried telling us that he was a 13 handicapper on the golf course, right? <laughs> right? Probably four holes in, he'd lost all his balls and he was like asking us for more balls, mate. And this guy could not even get the ball off the ground. It was embarrassing. <laughs> Embar- you can't be going saying I'm a 13 handicapper and then being shocking at it. Yeah. Right? No, go- golf's not my sport, mate. I'm probably with yeah. him in that, mate. Shocking at it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have a good round with him, to be fair. <laughs> I know, mate. It'd probably be more swimming and, and uh, off road <laughs> hiking than it would be golfing, mate. To be honest. Um, but no, listen, Tom. It, it's been it's been brilliant to have you on, mate. Thank you for opening up about your career and and obviously yeah. the, the injuries that you've you've yeah. suffered and and your hopes for the future, mate. And um, what we do with every single guest that we have on, mate, is we ask you to nominate someone who you think would be a good yeah. guest to jump on the podcast. So, who do you think you can help us get on and why? So I'm going with Luke Southwood, right. um, the keeper. Uh, he he can respond to what I've just said about him, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I'll be interested to see what he what he has to say for himself, yeah. Mate, first goalkeeper we'll ha- we've had on then, that'll be. Really? Yeah, yeah mate. Not no, had no, any goalkeepers. No. It's all been um, big, ugly defenders like yourself or, yeah. or, or good league <laughs> strikers, mate. But uh, no, brilliant, mate. We'll, we'll try and get him on. Yeah. But listen, thanks very much, Tom, mate. Um, been a pleasure to have you on, mate. Um top man and good luck with the whole Call of Duty stuff the Twitch stuff and with your career and hopefully we see you at the Euros mate because yeah fingers crossed mate. dying yeah. for a ticket mate cut a ticket sorted for the big <laughs> man mate so uh, no brilliant mate honestly best of luck mate um, and honestly thanks for spending an hour with me today it, it's, it's been a, it's been thanks, a pleasure mate, mate. Um, but listen um, also to the Redden fans out there Tom has been an absolute gentleman when this podcast goes out Tom is given us a signed shirt to give away as well so there'll be a wee link down in the description so you can win a signed shirt from Tom McIntyre um, which will be worth a few bob in a few years so keep it um, and uh, keep it and get it framed in the wall but uh, no thanks again for that Tom thanks for the signed shirt and we'll get one of yours as well up in the studio behind us but um, honestly brilliant mate thank you very much for your time and we hope you've enjoyed the podcast so if you do please remember to like comment subscribe and if you're on Spotify and Apple leave a wee review on on Tom's performance today which I'm sure has been a five star for everybody All right, Um, but thank you very much Tom once again and we'll catch you on the next episode Cheers. cheers mate cheers Thank you.